Gets open for three. Dagger! The kick in, here it comes. Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions! You like that? You like that? I like that. Gotta like that. My approval ratings keep going up. Sorry to keep you waiting, complicated business. Week two is almost in the books. My name is Joe. His name is Razzle. Man show. Stevie might resurface. We'll see. But uh, Razzle, week two is over. About over. The Monday night game is happening now. I think watching Peyton and Eli in real time. Is that correct? I, I was right before I came down here. Peyton and Eli were doing their thing. I'm excited. I feel bad for the for Team A for Monday Night Football because they're they're suddenly going to be overtaken by Peyton and Eli soon. I know Peyton and Eli aren't on slate to do all the games this year, but they're they're. I mean, coming out of Week One, they it's, they were the yeah. Hot, it's such yeah. a better broadcast, and I, I don't know if it's because like I, I'm you know I have like a. I guess a passing obsession with like the detail show and the, yeah. you know, I, I got, I really got into that stuff. And, but this is like real time. I'm watching the game. I don't really care about the commentary on the main feed anyway. Usually, usually I actually end up watching most of the national games on mute. You and I both got kids. It's sometimes it's hard to even find like the, the volume. I don't need it. I'm just watching. Right. But this is really good. And the fact that it's Peyton and Eli and they just keep going back and forth. They just keep going back jabs. and forth. I'm interested to see who the special guests are last week. There were a couple of special guests last week that didn't really fit. Russell Wilson did an awesome job in the fourth quarter, you know, which is actually, I mean, it really got into football. It was a close game last week. Um, they were able to give some actual, it felt like it was like a quarterback's room. That you were watching. Yes, it was better um, than the the Charles Barkley thing. Although I love yeah, Chuck, I love Chuck. I love Charles too. He's 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 one of my favorite commentators, especially on the NBA side. But you had like Ray Lewis come in. You had like Travis Kelsey. Those guys were. It, it was like okay, you know. Uh, but once they got it, because it was a close game, you were yeah. able to see like it felt like a quarterback's room watching film uh, on a game. So that was really cool. Well, yeah, and 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 speaking of of close games, I mean, we got a bunch of really good games in week 2, all right? Like the week started with Thursday, obviously Thursday night. Giants come into FedEx and Or we could we, talk about that again if you want to. I mean, to. I'm happy to. Honestly, I'm I'm still <laughs> I'm still pumped up over that one. Honestly, that was that was unexpected. And and we we I think we mentioned it briefly. You guys got on my case because I was bringing up the kicker and the kicking game, but this team, look, we're not going to talk about that. I mean, we already we did a whole show on that game in particular, but it came to my attention after the show. Ron is 4-0 in primetime games since he's been here, right? Like I did not know that. Yeah, so it's one of those things that's really hard to believe. It's one of those things where like, okay, I know it's true because I went and looked it up because I didn't believe it, but we've been plagued by the primetime curse here for so long, so long. Yeah. That yeah, it was a little bit hard to believe that we're 4-0. We're 4-0 over the last two seasons in primetime games. And Thursday night was just, a, you know, it was number four. They, I mean, the, the team played well. Football team played well. Could have been a little bit better on defense, you know, but a win is a win. And based on what happened yesterday around the league, they're currently in first place in the NFC East, right? And, and in a little bit, we're going to preview uh, week three against the Bills, which and the Bills are currently, I think, in first place. I'll double-check. First place, I believe, in the AFC East. But, you know, the football team is in a good position. Would have loved to have that win in week one. But yesterday, you know, there's something special about a Sunday where there's no threat of my day being ruined Yeah. because the football team is going to, you know, lay an egg. Like, 
there's just something like we only get those every once in a while where there's no pressure and we, we almost never get it where it's a Thursday night and it's a win. And it's like playing with house money. It's like literally playing with house money on Sunday. You can sleep, you can, you can wake up, you can eat, you can do whatever, go to church. Don't go to church. Like nothing can ruin your day if the team isn't playing and therefore cannot lose. And you don't have the guilt of having red zone on instead of the Washington football team. I know that's something that I end up doing is I'm, I'm torn between watching the actual football team game versus watching red zone where I can get clips of the game, but I can also catch up on my fantasy, catch up on my bets and, and see what's going on elsewhere around the league. Cause I mean, like you said, there were, there were a couple of good games, especially in the early slate. Um, we saw the Eagles. We see it's hard after we, can we talk about the Eagles. Can we, we talk, can about, talk the about the Eagles, Eagles. For just a second? I mean, the Eagles were the national game. You guys know, I'm not a big, I'm not a big red zone guy. It's too much stuff happening. Nah. Once upon a time, I used to love it. And I would sit there for however many hours my kids would let me, and just watch everything and it's it was great but i, you know, I just can't do that anymore i can't red zone froze for a couple minutes yesterday like all over it, and the internet almost shut down like people well, were I've freaking out over red zone i no mean scott hansen i, I well mean, I, okay. I yeah i mean it's not it's not for me but i did get a chance then to watch the two the two games that were broadcast here in dc i got i gotta watch you know a good chunk of the eagles game and i watched a ton of the steelers game as well um you know but but primarily i want to talk about the eagles game because I, there was one play in particular. I think it was the beginning of the second quarter. I, I like series of plays. I could not stop laughing. And it's, it's one of these things where like, if I told you that Jalen was going to drop back in his own end zone and complete a 91 yard pass to the four yard line of the opposing team and they wouldn't score. And not only would they not score, it would be la- It would be comical, like laughable, hysterical, terrible play calling. I don't know if anybody would believe me. Like the Eagles, there's there's two things I came away with from that game. They might not be as bad as everyone thinks they they really are. There, there's some offensive weapons there, some. And Jalen is a baller. I mean, and maybe maybe as they play a little bit more and there's more tape, maybe maybe defenses will figure them out. They're not going to be. They're not the Giants. They're they're they're, you know, they are better than a 500 team, or at worst, they're a 500 team. Yeah. The second thing is the coaching. Like they with a couple of really just quite really bad calls. And it's something that since club J was here, like we haven't had one of those, you know, just we, yeah, there's some things with the football team and time management, but the Eagles could be better than expected. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things and you can say this about a number of the teams that played yesterday about, you don't know which team they are, what the true identity is. The Eagles look amazing week one. They crush the Falcons. You know, and then they come in and they just, you know, play pretty even. It's pretty close game, quiet game with the 49ers. Same thing with, like, the Steelers. The St- I think the Steelers was the other game that was on TV, correct? Yes. Uh, and the Steelers, week one, played Buffalo, played them pretty well, held them held them to, a, you know, a low-scoring output. But then they well, come they out them. and put they, – and they, and they beat them. And then they played the Raiders yesterday, and it's kind of a dud. Buffalo – same story last week. I, I mean, last, yesterday, I mean, I know Tua got hurt early in that game. and it, but He's not him out. good. Tua's He's not, not good. good. But I'm saying there's like a lot of these teams, the, the Eagles, the Steelers, the Bills, you still don't know what to make of them this early in the season, week two. I know there's a couple of teams in the Saints. I mean, the, I know your beloved Saints, they put up a dud yesterday against Carolina. Well, it's because of James. forgot what TV he was on again. I mean, he's you know, he went, he went, on week one and he's, he's – you know, he's getting crushed. I mean, that was a pitiful performance. I mean, that from, from the Saints. 
Yeah, the Saints offense, something doesn't seem right about it. I mean, Alvin Kamara, uh, I th- he's on my fantasy team. I know he hasn't hit, cracked 100 yards combined in the two games. Yeah, uh, a guy I think – Michael had, Thomas think is had, out. I think he yeah. had eight carries for 10 yards yesterday or something. It yeah, was, no, it was – The offense looks – yeah, I, I'm with you there. I mean, th- that offense looks weird. The Raiders, the Raiders, you know, maybe, maybe the other Gruden has something there because that team just looks very complete. You know, a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, everybody was killing him for trading away studs on both sides of the ball. He's quietly put together a nice, a nice team. I mean, they came yeah. east and they they handled the Steelers. That wasn't, I mean, that game was not as close as the scoreline um, indicated to be. And I saw, I watched a good chunk of it. I mean, they got they got some some talent there as well. It's a it's a crowded AFC is super crowded. So you know, ultimately their their success is really it's more pinned on how the other teams around them play because they are. They're a middle of the pack or upper of the you know AFC group, but they're I mean based on some of the other games that we saw and and I want to talk about Sunday night because that that was that yeah. was a, just an incredible performance, uh, a very gutsy performance by the Ravens. We can get to that in a second. The Raiders just aren't in that top top tier of AFC teams, but they're not. I mean they'll they'll beat up any NFC team. That that's kind of my gut. Yeah, you know the one thing about the Raiders that you realize is Derek Carr is like a very underappreciated quarterback. Like he's been there for a number of years, has been solid. I know him and Gruden's relationship hasn't didn't start off on the on the great uh, note, but you know they've been pretty good recently. But I I just feel like Derek Carr has been underappreciated. He's got a couple weapons. Obviously, Dan, Darren Waller is a is a baller. Uh, Absolute they had a cup baller. Uh, he had a deep throw to Henry Ruggs. Um, that, that went for a touchdown. So I, I, I'm excited to see what this Raiders team is able to do. Obviously, they got the new stadium in Vegas. They're excited to be in Vegas now. Um, but those, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to bring up again how uh, my Super Bowl pick for Renancy and the Rams pulled out a victory yesterday, but we'll, we'll leave that to the side. But yet, to, move, to, to your earlier point, the Sunday night game what, it lived out to exactly what we wanted. You know, all day the games were pretty much, you know, there were a couple of close games. We saw the Cardinals and the Vikings come down to the last minute field goal. We saw the Cowboys almost screw it up. Um, By the way, did you hear about the Vikings, the Vikings radio call? They were, they called it as a, as a made field goal and we're going nuts. No, I didn't hear that. Yeah, man, it's one of those bloopers, one of those radio or audio bloopers for the ages. They, and some of those camera angles are weird. So yeah, that some of that stuff happens, but the Vikings outplayed the Cardinals. And and really, based on the Cardinals' Week One performance, I, I expected the Cardinals to blow out the yeah. Vikings. Like the Vikings, yeah. just you know, they're they're such a weird team. Like some some weeks they look like they're unbeatable. Other weeks, Kirk looks like the Kirk that we know. You know, it's kind of susceptible to the bad decision making. Right. The offense start and stop. No no real rhythm. They should have won that game, and the Cardinals should be one and one. But that's not what happened. You know, and it's you know the the NFC West continues to just kind of chug along. I think three of the teams are two and zero. Oh. Um, you know, and, and the Seahawks, the Seahawks are one and one and they, they lost at the, at the buzzer as well. Right. I mean, the, or in overtime in overtime, you know, and the Titans, the Titans didn't look good for a lot of that game. And then Derrick Henry just showed up and was like, just like, That's I feel like thing. something happened. Derrick Henry must've, must've said something because it went from, it went from, you know, yeah, we'll see game plan to just give me the ball and get out of my way. That's the thing. I mean, the, the Titans are another team in week one. They look like duds. They played the Cardinals. They did, They looked like uh, their defense was a mess. They, uh, they weren't able to move the ball. And here they came. They they were behind in the game. I was I was following the Seahawks game. They were behind. They came, they came back, pushed it to overtime, and then they were able to, to squeal it out. So there's a lot of teams you really don't know who what their real identity is. Are they going to be legit contenders for the playoffs this year or not? But to, to, to move on to, to the late game, you know, I'm not a Ravens believer. 
I think uh, Lamar Jackson is very, very overrated quarterback. I think there's a number of quarterbacks I'd rather have instead of Lamar Jackson. But I have to give him a round of applause. They, 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 they pulled that one off last night. Uh, granted, the Chiefs did fumble on the last drive, and I think if Patrick Mahomes was able to get the ball back, they probably would have won. I was about to put money on the game right after the the, the Ravens had scored the touchdown. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, I, mean, that, I, I, I agree. If 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 Mahomes has the ball at the end of the game, he's going to win. Right. He's going to score. If he needs to score, he's going to score. And that offense was moving, moving just fine. Um, but I, I'm with you. The Ravens. I'm not like. I'm not a big Ravens guy. Yeah, we, we can't them be. A lot, these guys, be living here in Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can't avoid them being this close to them, like just from proximity. Uh, but man, they deserve that win yesterday, and I, I loved. Mm-hmm. I, I was watching that game in real time last night. I don't know what I was still doing awake, but it was a good game, and I was enjoying it. And uh, Harbaugh on the sideline when he comes out, Lamar, Lamar, you want to go for it? Like that's a coach that. Like, there's a couple things that that we have to discuss here, or at least just state. That's a coach that knows his personnel mm-hmm. and he knows, he knows what he's got. And he knows that if he needs a yard, there's a couple different folks on that, on that roster that can go get it. Primarily the quarterback, he can go get it. That's not going to be an issue for him. Secondly, Lamar without hesitation, there was only, I only saw one, one clip of it, but they had, there was a camera from like, it seemed like from out of spirit, out of space that was focused on Lamar during that, that during that he, Lamar didn't even take his helmet off. He saw Harbaugh. He said, and he, he literally just gave him one nod. Like, it wasn't like a, yeah, okay, we'll see. You know, no, no. He was like, yep. And he you know, just turned right back around and went right back to the hub. That's a confidence builder. That's the coach. I, you know, it's not like Lamar was going to say no or anything like that. Um, um, but what I, what I would say is, is that's just him trying to build confidence in his quarterback. But, but I love, I love that Joe. I love that. He didn't, he didn't talk to the other coaches. Like they didn't call timeout and discuss it. He just said, Hey, Lamar. Lamar, like he yelled it twice. Lamar, Lamar, right. want to go for it? All right, let's go. Right, you know, or whatever he said to, to close out that thing. And and then it was, I mean, he if the, I I was watching the post game, they didn't even call play. I don't know if you knew that. They didn't call play. They just said run it. Yeah, no, they, they literally said you know they gave him. They, I guess they called in a package, and Lamar called the play in the huddle, right. and that was it. Like, and they, I mean, that four jumbo crazy line thing that they set up. I mean, it was great. It was great, and and it was a it was a fun game to watch. The Chiefs, you know, maybe maybe they're not going to go. I mean, this is I, I read something, Joe. This is the first time since 2017, I think, since like week six of 2017 or 2016, that the Chiefs haven't had a share of first place in the AFC, um, in, in the AFC, um, in the AFC West. This is also the first time that Patrick Mahomes has thrown an interception in the month of September. Well, and Andy Reid is basically unbeatable in September. Right. There's a whole bunch of these narratives, right? But yeah. this, maybe this Chiefs team is, you know, maybe maybe they're not as unbeatable as they have been in previous years, or maybe just the rest of the league maybe has them figured out just a little bit. It's also a fluky yeah. thing and a fumble at the end of the game, like thirty-six points. The defense obviously it was a, was a little scary, you know, letting the Ravens go up and down the field on them like that. Uh, Lamar Jackson was making plays with his arm and with his legs, so. I'm not worried about the Chiefs because they'll be there at the end and they'll be there in the AFC Championship at least. Uh, and, and we'll see, like, who out, you know, like we said, the AFC West is a little deep with the Broncos. You're, you're Broncos 2 0. Um, Look at that AFC West. Look at that AFC West, Razzle. Raiders are 2 0, sitting at top, on top. Broncos are 2 0. 
Chiefs are one and one, and the Chargers one and one. Chargers one and one, but they're they're a good one on one. Like they, they they're they, two they're two and zero oh because they yeah. they had they had four. This is the second week in a row that they had they had more than a single score taken off the board. And, right. and frankly, I don't know what the heck was happening. I watched a lot of that game as well, the late game. It was the America's game of the week, America's team. It's really annoying, but I figured I think that's how they got the Cowboys to be America's team. They just always put them on in the 430 and just everyone just ends up watching them but and they put tony romo on on the broadcast yeah and he was up there with his like non-shaven face looking all you know cool guy tony but i love cool guy tony he he calls a good game right like i'm not gonna kill him for it he called a good game but there i didn't that there was a series towards the end of that game where where herbert they scored they score and they have a call back on an illegal shift which was bogus and then they they play, I think they whistled the play dead as he was falling backwards trying to heave the ball. Like they lost however many yards it was. I mean, that that's points off the board. That's the second week in a row. We saw that here in, in DC the week before. You know, he had points taken off the board. So like that Chargers team is sneaky good, you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 our guy uh, Sugar Free, Sugar Free Lucas came on and was talking about him. And you know, I think we humored him, but in reality, I mean Herbert, Herbert is a stud. All of a sudden, this league, Joe, has got tons of young quarterbacks all over the place mm-hmm. that seemed to like, it's, it's almost like we're watching the passing of the guard, like, like in real time, you know, like for every Rogers story, there's like three Herbert stories. Yeah. Okay. Brady is timeless and amazing. Mahomes is also amazing. Like there's a lot of young quarterbacks. I mean, the, the, we're about, we're about to meet, uh, we're about to not meet, we're about to go head to head with Buffalo, another right. young quarterback. Like there's a lot of really good young quarterbacks that are honestly just all of a sudden, everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, I'm looking around at, at, at this listing of teams. I'm just thinking of, you know, we had the Bears and the Bengals. You got two young quarterbacks there. Obviously, Dalton's the starter right now, but uh, Burrow looked a little suspect yesterday. Hope to see a little bit more from him. Um, yeah, with, with, with Kyler, Herbert, you know, Lamar, Patrick Mahomes, like the, the, there's so many. Your Baker Mayfield. We didn't talk about the Browns. I know they only play. They played a weak Texans team that have, that have, just has a mess at quarterback. You know, Tyrod's out. They can't play Deshaun because is it Tyrod? Is it Tyrod or Tyrod? Nobody seems to know. Uh, it's Tyrod. Is it? Let's go with Tyrod for, for just for consistency. And if we got it wrong, somebody will come correct us. Yeah, I mean, look, there was there was one other thing that really just kind of stuck out to me, at least to me, watching like all the games this week. Every team that's going to be successful, I think, for the next several years is going to have a very big physical blocking running back. I, mm-hmm. I don't know where that came from, but all of a sudden, that's what you need. You need somebody who can pick up the, the blitz cons- you know, consistently. And there's only like a handful of teams that have those. You know, and, and it's just, again, I, I watched a lot of football, you know, yesterday. And it's awesome to be able to watch without the pressure of the football team, like potentially ruining my Sunday because they, they just go out and stink it up. But every team that I think is going to be in the mix with the exception maybe of Baltimore and, and, you know, Kansas city, they all have very big imposing running backs or at least a body they can put back there to pick up a blitz. It's just something that I saw. Who knows? Maybe it's just a, a, a fluky observation, but I don't know. Like, I mean, you've got to be able to run the ball with some some level of consistency, and the teams that that can do it just seem to be better poised to to be competitive, you know. And and the teams that can't do it, that couldn't run at all yesterday, 
I mean, they didn't really stand a chance at all. Like, I mean, it's, you got to be able to control the clock a little. It's bit. funny you say that. It's funny you say that because two weeks ago we were previewing the football team season, and I said we need to be able to run the ball more. We need to get Gibson. And you guys all said I was living back in the Stone Age, and nobody cares about running backs, and we got to get rid of running backs on our fantasy team to put everyone as a receiver. Well, that's for your boy, Peter. That's just that's Peter. Boy, yeah. No, I mean you're right. I mean you want. I mean look what happened with 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 the Chiefs yesterday. They 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 had a they had the running back put the ball on the ground and they lost them the game. You know you have to, and you have to be able to run the ball in this league to be obviously the passing game has taken over. Um, we've seen a lot a lot of high powered offices like my Rams. Well, let's uh, talk about your Rams because they they barely got past the Colts. They it barely is, uh, got past the I mean, Colts. the Colts, the Colts, you know, are are owned to obviously Wentz got hurt. I heard you sprayed both ankles, not just I, one. Listen, I've, I'm not, I'm not a, like a Carson guy, but I feel terrible. Like this, this yeah, guy, he's just injured. Just, he's always injured, and there's, it's always like something with him, and it's, you know, it's terrible. I'm, I'm not gonna kill him for getting injured. He got injured, and you know, so be it. He's injured. Like, what, what can you do? But he's always injured, Joe. He's always injured. Yeah, I know. You know, you know I, I, I keep hearing rumors of them calling Nick Foles, and I'm like, that's just a disaster waiting to happen. Uh, well, you got to get those two back together. Uh, well, but, nothing's I mean, worse. Listen, listen. There's no disaster greater than what's happening in Miami right now, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, yesterday yeah. was – I mean, that wasn't football. That that was something else, right? And and the Bills the Bills are a really good team. But, but that same Dolphins team beat the Patriots last week. I, I understand. I understand. Like, I mean, but the Dolphins, the Dolphins stink. The Dolphins stink. Yeah, I mean, we're, the Dolphins we'll see what they, they don't have a quarterback. They don't have a backup quarterback either. I, I don't oh, know. Come on, Jacoby's a solid uh, backup quarterback. No, dude, Jaco- he's a solid fifty pounds heavier than I remember him. Dude. <laughs> that dude, that dude should have been playing fullback yesterday, not quarterback. <laughs> I don't know what was going. I, I couldn't believe my eyes. But Tua, look, we're not scouts. Tua never looked like the answer there. It just doesn't look like the guy who's going to get it done. I think they knew that. They were trying to get Deshaun Watson all offseason and they just couldn't put together a package. Why aren't they still but. trying? I mean, he's still on He's employed. Because the NFL won't let, I mean, the NFL won't let him play. Nah, they won't let the Texans play him. They'll no, let they're going to suspend him. And There's one more game. Hold on. There's one more game we got to talk about, and then we'll take a break, and we'll, we'll get into week three preview with the Bills. The Falcons and Buccaneers. I don't know how much you saw that. Did you, did you watch any of it? I, I just read some. I red zoned it. You know, I thought the Bucks got up early. Gronk got up two two early touchdowns. The Falcons were, you know, putting some offense together. But then Matt Ryan, you forgot what team he was playing for, threw a couple of pick sixes. He you know. he looked. He's that bad. Falcons team he didn't, didn't look he, as they looked much better. And and it was kind no. of fluky. The two the two no 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 they they looked much better, Joe. I mean, they put up twenty five points, and they looked a little bit better doing it. They're not a good team. They're not they're a good not team. A good they team. need they need to get they need to let Matt Ryan do something else to end his career. And they need to like have him, you know, like kind of like Peyton did or like what Matt Stafford's doing right now is just go find somewhere else. That every can go every to- time, every time we open a door for you, you're gonna make it about the Rams. I know, oh, I know that's I what's gonna McVay. happen all season I long. I love McVay. Uh, oh, I mean, they just sent him to basically they should let him go down south to Miami and play quarterback there because they clearly they need a quarterback. So um that, well, I do. mean that. I mean, I mean, we haven't brought up, you know, our beloved Tom Brady yet today. And, you know, he did look good. But I mean, he's not my beloved. I'm, I, I can't bet against him, but he, yeah. I, I mean. You can't bet against him. No, I'm I, not gonna I, bet against I had him parlayed at just on the money line because I didn't trust the spread. I think the spread was like 12 and a half or 13 and a half in that game. But I had him in my money line parlay, but the, but the Cardinals uh, screwed me over, uh, not covering the three and a half. But no, I mean, Brady, 
Brady's he is destined to have another great season statistically and you know obviously you know in the win column so uh I, I, I the Falcons are probably we can cross them off we should probably do something every week where we just cross off a team that we know that's not going to make the playoffs and that and that and that team right there would be on my week two list I mean, they would probably be on my, yeah, I would eventually. Yeah. You know, there was one other observation that I wanted to make that, that Eagles game, like in the, in the pregame, they made a big deal about, Oh, you know, like it's the first game back in Philly. It's the first game, blah, 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 blah. Right. There was a lot of 49ers red. In yes, Philadelphia. there was. Did I did that? see that. I did, did know. I actually, now, I, they I, only, when I pulled up they the only game, call that out when teams come to DC. Right. And they, cause they always make it a story about in DC, there's no fans and whatever Philly, like the worst the toilet fans of the league got run out of their own ballpark yesterday by, by the 49ers. Which I did will have to here double too. check to see where the game was being played when I saw the, the, the stadium and all the fans. There was a lot of red. There was a lot of red. I mean, the Niners are one of those teams, just like the Cowboys, you kind of, because they were good in the 90s, you just find their fans all over the place. Uh, so, yeah, I did notice that uh, something we will have to keep watch for. Uh, once we go up to uh, Philly, I think towards the end of the season. So, Razzle, I'm going to say let's take a break here. And yep. then on the other side of it, we'll uh, we'll bring in uh, Jamie to talk about the Bills and talk Damn, a little bit about Jamie's probably going to come and smile and, and, and cheese in. Uh, I mean, he should be his, coming yeah, and I mean, we, The way his Bills look You guys can't yesterday. hear him yet, but we could see him in the green yeah. room or the waiting room here. He's, he's grinning ear to ear. So this, this should be a lot of fun. We're going to take a quick break. And we will be right back on the other side and we'll start breaking down the, the Bills' ridiculous win over the Dolphins and then talk about their matchup at home against the football team, the visiting football team. We'll be right back in just a second. This is DTC. We are taking a short break, but we will be right back. In the meantime, check out our YouTube channel, which is updated with content regularly. And if you haven't already, find us on your favorite podcast platform and hit subscribe. You can find the show on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, and Twitter. Just search for DTC or Defeating the Curse. Thanks for supporting us. The show will be right back. Welcome back into DTC. My name is Joe. Razzle's on mic too. And we are joined by Jamie D, half of the podcasting duo Jamie D and Big Newt. They cover the Bills and all things Buffalo for SB Nation. Jamie, thank you for joining us. We got a lot to talk about. The week three, big matchup for us. You guys probably don't care about the football team, but we care a lot about the Bills. Before we talk about you know, what's going to happen or not happen on Sunday, can you walk us through what actually transpired between the Buffalo Bills and the Dolphins? Because that, that was murder. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, big fan of what you guys are doing and – a lot of people don't know this, even though I cover the Buffalo Bills and I'm originally from Western New York, I live in Washington, D.C., so I'm steeped in D.C. sports culture. So, hey, Doc Walker, one of my favorites. I was going to say, but you've probably never been to FedEx Field, which is like the rest of us. Oh, no, I have. About okay. six years ago, I went there and saw the Bills take a horrendous beatdown by the football team. Uh, that may have been the end of Rex Ryan's tenure in uh, in Buffalo. That must have been the be then. That's the best thing that happened to you guys. Then. <laughs> well, listen, everybody that's, everybody that's in DC has been to FedEx at least once, and then they realized they never there's no reason back. for me to go here ever again. Yeah. Like I can, the, the 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 experience at home is significantly better than the experience in the stadium, especially when there's sewage just raining on people, right? So let, let's not forget <laughs> about that. But 
Right. But Jamie, talk to me about these bills. I mean, everybody had them. We, I, I believe we did a, we did a preview show on, on, on the, on this podcast. And I think three out of the five revolving characters, if you will, on this show, on this podcast had the bills either in the championship game, in the AFC championship game or making it to the Super Bowl. And a few of us had them, I think actually just Stevie had them winning the actual, the Super Bowl. So there's a lot of, I mean, we're familiar with this team. There's a, a lot of young talent. There's a lot of interesting storylines. Right. I don't think anybody saw a 35-0 beatdown of the Dolphins. Like it's still a professional football team. Last I checked. I mean, what what did you see? You cover the team. Well, what did we miss. Here's the interesting part about it: the Bills seemingly won handily, but they went into halftime. The score was 14 zip. It very easily could have been 21-14 Miami. They shot themselves in the foot with turnovers. And there were times it didn't look like Buffalo really had, uh, had everything uh, clicking on all cylinders. And Josh Allen has not been sharp this season. He was 17 for 33 in that game against Miami for 176 yards. He was rather pedestrian. He uh, passed for under 60% and under uh, 300 yards against the Steelers in the first game of the season. And uh, frankly, Allen looks like, well, two things are going on with him. He doesn't quite have his sound of mechanics as he had last season. You see a little, a little bit with his footwork. He's opening up his front, uh, front hip too soon. And the other thing is, seems like he's trying to be a little too perfect out there. You know, he has that record-setting deal that he just signed. I would think that there's probably a little bit of pressure getting to him as a result of that. Uh, so, you know, we saw the Bills do something on Sunday that they really haven't done in quite a while, which is show up on the defensive line. The Bills have had problems with the pass rush last season. Last week, they didn't really get off because off the line of scrimmage because Pittsburgh throws the ball so quickly. But um, last year, the Bills, the Bills pass rush was abysmal. This year, they seem to have turned it around. Uh, defensive end A.J. Epinesa is uh, he's in his second year. He lost weight from his starting point last season. Yeah, Interestingly, he, he, looks, he looks unguardable. He looks unstoppable he, at times. He had he nine QB so pressures. Quick, so quick around the corner. It's, I mean, it's disturbing how quick he is. Well, it's interesting. He came out of college at 280. They asked him to drop about 20 pounds. He accidentally dropped about 30 to 35 pounds and then was too small. I wish that season. would happen to me. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good problem to have there. <laughs> right. And uh, now he's playing at the weight that they prescribed for him. And yeah, I mean, I, I watched some film of him uh, against the Dolphins, and it was unbelievable the combination of strength and power that he had. And uh, first-round draft pick Gregory Rousseau out of Miami, the, the thought on him coming out of school was he only had one year of college. He's probably going to be a project. He didn't play last season because of COVID. Lo and behold, he's been pretty good. He had two sacks, five pressures, two tackles for loss. So – what you're seeing in the Buffalo Bills right now is a very good team, top to bottom, that hasn't hit their stride yet, and they still managed to win 35 to nothing. And oh, by the way, Jacoby Brissett, better than Tua. Oh, for sure, <laughs> for sure, better. I mean, Tua is just—he's not the answer. And, and I hate to say that about anybody. I mean, this is his job, this is his livelihood. It's not—I'm not, right. not taking a shot at him. Like, what do I know? He's not going to be the guy. He's not going to be the guy. You know, and frankly, you know, I want to talk about like that, like you said, that defensive line played much better in week two than they did in week one. 
and that's probably one of the biggest weaknesses. And, and if Steve was here right now, he'd be just railing on and on about the, about the, the Washington, you know, that offensive line, they are susceptible to giving up pressure, especially off the side because a rookie, I mean, Sam has played better. Joe, I don't know if you agree with me or not. I mean, he, he's, he's improving, you know, but he, he's going to get beat. And, yeah. and, you know, you've got to, you've got to figure that, that, you know, Scott Turner is going to look at this and say, look, we got to get the ball as quickly as possible out of Tyler, uh, out of uh, Taylor Heineke's hands. We, they're going to have to, they're going to have to Antonio uh, Gibson's going to have to be able to run the ball or they're going to get, they're going to get clobbered by this defensive front. It's a good defensive front. Yeah. And he, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say Ed Oliver is kind of, kind of looks like he's turning into the player that he was supposed to be when he was drafted 10th overall. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, Joe. Go ahead. No, I was going to ask you just about the, the, the vibe with Josh Allen with the team, you know, one-on-one. One. Do you think expectations are just a little too high? You know, I, I remember beginning of the season, a lot of folks were calling for Josh Allen to be MVP, you know, and they were – you know, do you think the expectations are too high, which is causing well, – But he's played, he's played to that level, right, Razzle, the last couple of years. I mean, it just so happens that, you know, if you, if Mahomes isn't but, in the league, if Lamar's right. not in the league, he, he is the MVP. I mean, he's you know, he's been consistent. He's been really consistent. Well – I don't know if I agree with that. All right. He had one great, great year. Last year, he was ungodly good. Right. You know, he, he hit 70% of his passes. It seemed like he could do no wrong. It was very reminiscent of Mark Rippon in 1991. I've been here for 20 years, actually. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, here's the thing with Josh Allen that gives some people pause. He was not good in high school. He didn't get any scholarship offers. He went to community college. He got one scholarship offer coming out of that community college. He was not good at Wyoming. He was about a 50% passer. And then he went to the Buffalo Bills in his first season. He was bad. Right. Um, his second season, that was a problem. He was coming out of school. The, the story about him was he was very inaccurate. He was inaccurate, right. Uh, his second season, he showed improvement, but he still was below average. And then he took this massive step forward in 2020. And it's one of the, the biggest step forward, steps forward in the history of the NFL. And the question is, you know, how did he get there? And I can tell you that he got there through being very coachable, Yep. And uh, and also really improving on his mechanics. Right now, as I said earlier, his mechanics are a little bit off. So do I think that he's going to improve over the course of the season? Yes. I, and I think by the end of the season, they're going to be talking about him again as a top five quarterback. You know, whether or not you're in the MVP conversation, you know, that sort of ebbs and flows over the course of the season. Uh, but as I said, he's coachable. So I think that you're going to see a guy who looks at the film, takes the criticism from the coaches and improves his game. He's certainly not going to keep looking like he has the past two weeks, which is 2019 Josh Allen, which is something nobody in Buffalo wants. Well, but Jamie, look here in DC, we have, we have our own project quarterback, right? We have, right. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I'm sure as a Buffalo Bills fan, you know, Fitzpatrick very much. Like, I mean, who's going to cheer against him, right? between the right. beard and the persona, like you can't cheer against him. But, you know, I said this last week, only 
or two weeks ago, only in DC do we get Ryan Fitzpatrick for six pass attempts where he completes three for 18 yards and then his hips break, right? And, and that was yeah. probably the best team, to, best thing to happen to our team this season. Well, fine, fine. And, and we can definitely spin it that way. And, and Taylor's got his work cut out for him, but he's a project too. You know, he was not, not scouted, you know, coming out of high school, not really regarded as a, as a, as a, as a, you know, a, a worthy prospect in college bounced around the league and then out of nowhere he's starting he's starting against the uh the the buccaneers in the playoffs holding his own and he right. came in and you know he came in and and you know took over for four or four fits in game one the the washington's almost won that game and he played great against the giants on thursday night you know there's not a lot of tape on him and it's one of these things where if he can just stay under the radar a little bit longer maybe maybe they can eke out a couple more wins He's gutsy with the ball, you know, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of we've we've said it on this pod. I think FP said it last week. Razzle, maybe you said it the week before. He kind of reminds us of a young Fitzpatrick. Like he's just going to come in there. He's going to make his reads and he's going to fire from like he's got I feel like he's playing with house money. Like he throws a pick or two like he's he is the starter. He is the guy right now for this team. Why not sling it? You know, why not? Why not look right at Ricky Seals and then center and then left and then just fire it to the corner anyway and just see what happens, you know, and, and Ricky comes down with a touchdown. Right. And and that puts the football team ahead. That's what happened on Thursday night. So like we're not we've had 10,000 quarterbacks here in Washington, just revolving door of, of who's who that have come and gone. Some I really thought Patrick Ramsey was going to be good. Patrick Ramsey was amazing, right? Or Jason but, Campbell or Robert Griffin third, or what about Kirk? No. Kirk Kirk could no, still be here. Totally. Kirk could still be here if they hadn't franchised him two years in a row. We would right? like, we would have. I mean, look, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. My point is, we have our own project quarterback here, and I'm right. I'm just curious. Like, do the Bills care, or are they just looking at this team and saying, if we stop, if we stop Gibson in the run, you know, let let Taylor come out and sling it, you know is that is that secondary good enough you know and there's also been a lot of washington players that have made their way to buffalo and you know have since moved on for a, i was gonna a ask is like, trent murphy still there trent murphy's the one that comes to mind no, trent's not no but nor uh, josh norman went like i think oh, that was norman last went, year yeah. wasn't it right? yeah that was and, last and our, year and our guy lorenzo friend of the show lorenzo alexander was there for a while yeah. right oh we love the lorax up in buffalo yeah, and that, that hey don't forget through and through. don't forget robert royal that's robert oh, royal that's right yeah. There's a, oh, yeah. Oh, Dockery. 66 yeah. could never stand still before the ball yeah. was snapped. So we, we, had, <laughs> we, we had some, we had some issues with, with, with doc, but you know, it's, it's one of these things where this team, I, I'm curious, you know, as somebody who, who is preparing for this game on, on Sunday, do the bills really care who's under center? Like do, does the game plan change for them? If it was Fitzpatrick, would it look any different now that it's Heineke and not Fitzpatrick under center? Um, I, I'm not sure that it does, uh, necessarily, but I, I think it gives you some, I, I think it gives you some more latitude. I think with Ryan Fitzpatrick, the thing that you, you may not know about him because he's only thrown six passes is the guy has no conscience. If somebody is covered or not, he's throwing the ball and which is great when you've got a receiver like Terry McLaurin who can make plays yes. over anybody. Um, but, you know, Fitzpatrick, he's not that accurate, but he will give his receivers a chance out there. And I think Heineke is, you know, he I, I saw him throw some questionable passes against the Giants, some that, you know, I thought could have been intercepted but weren't. Um, he may not be quite the gunslinger that um, that 
Fitzpatrick is, but uh, he seems like a pretty smart guy out there. Now, do the Bills care which of them is at quarterback? I think that they're happy that they're getting a guy with less experience because the Bills have a very well-coached secondary, and they've got some very good players back there. They've got Trey White, who's an all-pro. They have Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, who together may be one of the better safety tandems, most underrated for sure, but one of the better safety tandems in the NFL. And they are really good at disguising their coverages on the back end. Uh, And they, they run a lot of trap zones. So if it's the kind of thing that Heineke hasn't seen at full speed, uh, I think that they're probably going to try to throw some things at them that are going to be confusing. A lot, a lot of teams try to confuse you with the blitz. The Bills do it on the back end of their defense. And that'll be really interesting to see. I'm, I'm also curious what, what the Bills' offensive game plan is going to be. Uh, you know, I know we were talking before we fired up these mics, I was talking about Devin um, Singletary. I, I'm, I just love the way he plays. I love the way he runs. Just he seems like he's always angry about something. I, I don't know. It just <laughs> there's something about that running style that's really appealing to me. Um, and maybe because we're, you know, I'm a child of the 90s and or at least football of the 90s. And I just remember, you know, big shoulder pads and people just trying to run through people instead of around them for the most part, with the exception of, of a handful of running backs. But I mean, this team can run. I mean, the bills got some, they have some options there. And frankly, Washington has been susceptible to giving up some, some, you know, sizable or chunk yardage to, you know, players that really, or, or on plays that shouldn't have, have allowed it. I mean, we saw, we saw a long touchdown run get called back, uh, you know, from uh, Daniel Jones, right. He ran like a 70 yard touchdown run that got called back. Yeah. I mean, Josh Allen, Josh Allen can run too. I mean, he's not, he he's mobile, right? He's not he's not Lamar, but he knows he, how to make plays. He can make he can plays make plays. He can, he can extend a play. And if, yeah. if there's space, he's, he's surprisingly and Washington's fast. got some slow yeah. linebackers right now that they they don't have a lot of answers. The outside linebackers are not very quick. If Josh turns the corner, he's gonna get you know, instead of four or five yards, it could be nine, ten, eleven. That's gonna make for a really long day for the football team. Uh. <laughs> I would say that one of the places where Washington has a distinct advantage is their defensive line going up against the Bills' offensive line. The Bills' offensive line, especially the interior positions, guard on both sides, as a matter of fact, has not been good. In fact, um, the left guard, John Feliciano, gave up, I believe it was 10 QB pressures in week one. Uh, The left tackle gave up five pressures and three sacks. He also had three holding calls against him. So I'm looking for Chase Young and Deron Payne having a big game against the Bills because I don't know. That's what I like to hear. I mean, I love it. I love that. Yes, let's do it. And and the Bills have a good left tackle, Deion Dawkins, but he very clearly has not recovered. He, He missed a month with COVID. He was hospitalized for four days. He lost about 20 pounds, and he's probably still not himself yet. And... You know, I that that was right at the beginning of training camp, so he missed almost all of camp. Feliciano lost 20 pounds in the offseason, thinking that he was going to make it was going to make him quicker. It seemed to make him weaker and didn't speed him up at all. So, you know, that's that's going to be a problem. Now, will the Bills be able to run the ball? Well, I think that the runners they have, they have Devin Singletary, who is really shifty side to side. He's got amazing vision. Then you've got Zach Moss, who's about the same size. They're not huge guys, just a little over 200 pounds, but Zach Moss runs with a ton of power. Um, in fact, he, 
he scored two touchdowns yesterday that he should uh, he should have never been able to get into the end zone with the hits that he took, but he still got in there. Um, last season, and, and the Bills have the same offensive line they did last year. Last season, um, Devin Singletary had the fewest yards per carry before contact, second fewest of any back in the league, and uh, Zach Moss was in the top 10 of that. So they were being hit in the backfield all the time. That's an offensive line problem right there. That's a big offensive line problem. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I foresee the Washington defense stopping the run cold. Uh, because I, I don't think that I don't think the Bills line can hold up. And that's what's going to hold them back this season, if anything. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if you're a betting man, a generate betting man uh, like myself and Joe. <laughs> uh, but if you saw the early the early odds for the, for the game this week, it, 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 the Bills are favored by eight and a half, which I, I, I feel based on the first two weeks of football I've seen. I Razo, like it was a nine and a half this morning. With a nine and a half, well, I should have taken it when it was nine and a half. Yeah. Why well, is the leg at eight and a half? I think uh, no, they're not going to lose by eight points. That, that's the thing. What, what is your thoughts going in early, early thoughts? I know it's Tuesday. You're still, you're still celebrating. Uh, sorry, it's Monday. It's not even Tuesday. You're still celebrating the win, um, with the shutout with the Dolphins yesterday. What's your early prediction? What's your thoughts on, you know, considering the line? Um, do you want to get in on our FanDuel account? We have a joint FanDuel account on this podcast. <laughs> we ask all our guests to give us one bet to parlay. Yeah. Give us uh, one bet to parlay. I would uh, I would take Washington with the points on that. Um, I, I think this is a game that they can keep close if, mm-hmm. if they want to. Um, the Bills' run defense has actually been good this year. It was not good last year. Uh, but they seem, like I said, the defensive line has turned the corner. Um, you know, if Washington can not turn the ball over, I think they've got a chance to, to keep this game close. And and if I'm Ron Rivera, that's exactly how I'm how I'm going to play it. I I, I think I'm, I'm going to play a conservative game. I'm going to play field position, and I'm going to try to keep I'm going to try to keep everything keep in front of me. Make right. make Josh Allen take the underneath receivers. Make him get impatient and uh, see if those mechanics of Josh's feet uh, aren't aren't 100 percent yet. See if he's still making some mistakes out there, and maybe get some turnovers out of it. Yeah, I, th- I think this is going to be a close one too, Razzle, and I, I agree. I, I think this is going to come down to one or two poorly poorly executed passing plays that lead to interceptions, maybe a fumble. I mean, the Bills are a better team, and yeah, I, I think no, anybody who says otherwise is is not being real. But I think Washington isn't that far behind, and I think they've got a, they've got something in it w- with Heineke where I don't think they're going to really be out of a game at at any point, and he can he can sling them back into games. So, you know, unless it's a really ugly game where it's like super, the, the field is drenched and it, it, it's got to be, you know, 40, 50 running plays, I think they're going to be in. I think they're going to be in it. And this defense is good enough. I know Steve somewhere is going to bang his head against the wall, you know, because he, he just doesn't see them as an elite unit. They are an elite unit. They just they have to decide whether they think they are or they are going to play like they are an elite unit because they are an elite unit. That linebacking core, you know, they're going to have some issues, um, but. You know, it, until the, until they line up on Sunday, I mean, I don't I don't see unless there's some crazy injury. Eight and a half is a lot of points. That's a lot, a lot, lot of points. points. I'm That's taking that right now. I'm putting it in right now. Yeah, speak, take it. Sure we have... Take it. Take it. And now I have to ask: Did you uh, did you wear that shirt, Joe, for my benefit with the with the uh, buffalo on it? Uh, I didn't. 
And now that you've now that you've pointed it out, maybe maybe it needs to come off. I don't know. That was that was not intended. That was not intended at all. Um, but look, I mean, who who's going to cheer against the Bills if if you grew up watching football in the late '80s or early '90s? Thurman Thomas, Jim Kelly, um, trying to, Don Beebe. Like I, I mean, we all we every everybody who ever stood in line to buy any copy of Madden from like '92 to '97. Everybody played with the Bills. Those were super, those were crazy teams. Those were crazy teams, four Super Bowls in a row. Obviously, the, the, the Washingtons got the better of them in 91. And, but, I mean, this was a, I mean, that, for many of us that were in our early teens, in that, uh, you know, in the early 90s, the Bills are it. And they, they stunk for 15, 16 years straight. So it's kind of nice to see them kind of resurgent and relevant you know, obviously Brady Brady leaves the Patriots. That you know, the division becomes a little bit more open. The conference, frankly, is is a little bit more open. If Buffalo can get home home field, I mean, that's not an easy place to go play. I mean, Bills Mafia is one of the like if on Sundays, one of my favorite things now on Sundays is just to just to follow the Bills Mafia hashtag. There's people like doing wrestling moves off of like trailers onto tables. There's people. I mean, there's there's just some crazy things that we can't say because we try not to get that e tag on our podcast. <laughs> there's some crazy Bills Mafia is you know, that's some crazy s that goes down. There's a whole every, lot of parking lot injuries that happen up in Buffalo. There is, but there's there's guys doing things to guys and girls doing things to guys and guys doing girls. There's just stuff that is. Uh, it, it's a very fun hashtag for somebody who's bored on a Sunday to just follow because <laughs> it's 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 crazy. It's crazy and. You know they're the best team in New York right now. You know, and 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 I think anybody again. Oh, that's not easy. That's not hard to do right now. Well, I think, but I mean, for a long time, for a long play. time, Joe. For a long time, it was the Giants, right? right? And even when even the Jets haven't consistently been good, they've they've always been the story. They've always been the story because of, you know, the the big name coach or the big name free agent acquisition yeah. or the the top draft pick, uh, you know, quarterback. We're seeing that again. I mean, Zach Zach looks lost. I mean, he he is in a world. I mean, that, that's just a terrible team he plays for. Yeah, well, yeah, well <laughs> I mean, it, it's just a bad spot. It's a bad spot. But the Bills being good is good for the league. I, I believe that. You know, even well, a couple years ago, they were putting some of the home games in like Canada because I was like, "What? What's going on here? Like, this is the Buffalo Bills. Like, you, you gotta like leave this franchise alone. Leave them alone." So you know, you said you were the best team in New York, and us Western New Yorkers uh, usually like to point out that they're technically the only team in New York. Yeah, that's a good zing. Eat Rutherford. Right, right. So, Jamie, um, give, give us your winner. Who's going to win this game? Give us a score. score give us something to work with. Uh, I, I think the Bills are probably going to win this, and it's going to be a score like uh, probably 24 21. Okay, that's a cover. I'll Razzle, take that. I'll take that. Razzle, who I'll you got winning? Think... What's the score? Nah, I, I, I think it'd probably be something about like 26. 6 to 21 something like that. I think it's a close game. I think it's a one possession game. I think the Washington football team will probably commit some sort of turnover at the end of the game um, <laughs> to, to to screw this up. But um, I like what they're doing out in Buffalo. I like the coaching staff. I think they they've had consistency in the coaching staff. I know Brian Gable yes, was trying to was 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 in the running for some head coaching job but ended up coming back. Um, right. so I like the consistency that they have there and you know they're one of my you know top teams obviously We'll see what the Chiefs do. We'll see what the Ravens do, um, and also the Browns. Can't forget about the Browns. We'll see. I think they're in. They're in that top four of, of the AFC. And, and I, I, you got the Commanders yeah. winning or the Bills, or the Washington, whatever. We're, we're the football team. No, no, I have the Bills. No, no, come the on. Bills. I, I'm a homer, but you know, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna follow. I mean, my, I'm follow taking my the football team. I think the football team yeah. is gonna win. But I know you guys are gonna kill me. Jamie, let me tell you uh, one I'm thing. Never... We did we did a prediction show a couple weeks ago, and <laughs> and Joe had us going like like what is it this year? Thirteen and four or something like that. And somehow he like he he's at home. I just so listen to my heart, baby. I just listen. I'm homer, listening to so. my heart. Okay, they're gonna go into Buffalo. They're gonna shock the Bills. Okay, it's gonna be like I think they're gonna win forty to twenty four. I'm just picking that number at random. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay, and that's it, and that's it, and that's what I got. And then we will debate. We will debate whether or not they are truly contenders or not. Look, the NFC East is like they're going to have to win games like this if they want to be around or or relevant later in the season because this is a tough schedule and it doesn't get any easier from this point forward. These are the types of games where you know Heineke and and again this defense. This is this is a, a a moment. This is an opportunity for them to get right against a quality opponent and if they can even if even if they end up losing but it's a closer game like they they have to show some progression on defense they have to look better than they've looked the last two weeks but i think they're gonna win i gotta tell you from an outsider looking in uh under the ron rivera regime in, in washington to the outsider it looks like there's a lot more credibility than there has been in 20 years and it it seems like it's Still the football cursed team by that owner, that's, though. that's really crazy. moving in the right direction. Yeah, but you know what? You're cursed by the owner, but I sort of feel like the only way he was able to get Ron Rivera in the door is Rivera said, I'll do it. But the first time you say one word to me about how to run my team, I'm out. And it's worked so far. So far, it, it seems to have, is operating, right? team is operating in a, a much tighter, much better um, than they have in the past. But we've also had some big name coaches come and go here like really big name coaches come and go who yeah. I would imagine said the same thing. And Snyder just, you know, he, he finds yeah. a way to run them all out. So hopefully, yeah. not. hopefully not. I'm sure Snyder misses Vinny Serrato, but Hey, okay. Oh, and Bruce, where's goose these days? Bruce, Everybody, Bruce. Misses goose. Right. Everybody misses goose. Anyway, Jamie, thank you for joining us. That was Jamie D Jamie D and big newt is the name of the podcast. Find it. Jamie, where can everybody find you? Uh, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, uh, it's available on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, um, just just about anywhere. Or you can go to buffalorumblings.com and uh, there's a whole lot of content there. Jamie, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it very, very much. I've had a blast. And anytime you want me back, I, I guess it'll be another four years. I'll I hope be there. see you in four years. Listen, <laughs> we might see you in four or, or five or, days. We could do another. I can do another, you know, yeah, 30 minutes. We do another, or, we'll see, or we'll see you in uh, February. How about that? Oh, wouldn't that be something? Oh, <laughs> wouldn't that a be Super something? Bowl preview show is what Super we're doing Bowl tonight. Nice. Right. It's not week three. It's Super Bowl preview if it's, show. If it's February, we're coming, to, we're coming to visit you in D.C. Uh, all right. We're doing a live show together if, if, it's, if we're getting together. 100% yeah. lock it Absolutely. In. Sometime in late I, January. I'll, I'll pay for drinks. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> thank you very much, Jamie. Thank you for joining us. Razzle, thank you for making time as well. This show will be up and available in about 15 minutes. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us. Defeating the Curse, just search Defeating the Curse or DTC on pretty much every single platform there is. You can also listen live on The Contender at any time using The Contender app. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Razzle. My name is Joe. This has been Defeating the Curse. Until next time, we are out. <laughs>